0: It would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies
1: as the Hamlet do. Hello and welcome to Ford The Hamlet. My name is Ben Sibley and, and I'm joined, as always, by the, the way bonnie way to, my to my Clyde, guard, the Marcelo Salas to my Ivan Zamorano, Nunhead's notorious Hugo down. Greenhouse. As we dive into which National League South ground is best for your slinky, which Dolich Hamlet player celebration made us feel quite old and very white. The potential of the Hamlet helping to smash a 131 year long record. And dancing to Kylie in a skate park in a techno warehouse in sofia All that and more coming right up. First bit of housekeeping as always. Uh, we are once again in the Dutch Hamlet boardroom. Uh, I'm getting
0: quite used to it now. Yeah, we mean we're practically part of the furniture, aren't we? You you put up that photo last week, the black and white photo of um, the the squad at some sort of ceremonial dinner. Coming of age dinner. Coming of age dinner. Nineteen fourteen. When, when was your coming of age dinner? <laughs> it's around the same time. Pizza Express, seventeen years
1: old, I would imagine. <laughs> Pizza Hut.
0: Pizza Hut. Or yeah. you can eat.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Four ninety nine buffet. <laughs> fourteen slices of that I did once. Was it fifteen? Maybe it was more, but I think I threw up after. <laughs> I was in Winchester Pizza Hut, if anyone is uh, of, the, of, uh, of that area. Um,
0: but yeah, no, we, we're here a lot and um, it's uh, relatively quiet for now. But I um, guess the big news is that we're staying up. Yeah. As of last night, we're mathematically safe.
1: Yeah, so last night was Tuesday night this week and Truro, did Truro beat Gloucester or did they lose? No. Truro lost to Concord. That was it. Yeah,
0: Truro lost to Concord, that was which, it. which means that um, we, we've survived. We're going to be in the Conference South again next season. So not quite the... Uh, that's all the haters. I'm cupping my ear because you obviously can't see it. But um, yeah, we're, we're here to stay. Not quite the playoff challenge. No, not, not quite the playoff challenge that I predicted in the first episode of this season. But, um, you know, we'll probably finish about 15th or 16th and um
1: yeah lessons learned i think when um i had some mates who don't come to games they were asking me a couple of weeks ago or not a couple of weeks ago over the last few months because they knew we were struggling and they were asking me what i thought would happen and i said to all of them i said to all of them we'd stay up but it wouldn't be pretty and i think really that's pretty accurate if i'm honest
0: yeah
1: maybe even slightly prettier than you predicted well yeah i mean a few, few games to go
0: yeah
1: i did think it might come down to western
2: at one point, mm, about a yeah, month ago.
0: Yeah, I thought that, which is kind of why I was so keen that we booked it, but now it's just going to be the jolly up that we deserved. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's obviously fantastic news for the club that we're back at Champion Hill and that we're going to be in the same division next season so we can keep the momentum going on and off the pitch. But I think it really has been the home form that's carried us through. We'll actually we'll get on to the, the Chippenham game soon. But that was the first away win since October, which is remarkable, remarkably bad. And uh, yeah, we've it's really been the home form that's
1: that's kept us up, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to uh, the Chippenham game in just a second. Uh, before we clear up a few, not clear up, I suppose just cover a few replies that we had to the last episode, uh, Ari... Uh, which Dulwich Hamlet players from this season would win you an episode of Pointless. <laughs> and <laughs> niche round, which I'm sure uh, Alexander <laughs> Armstrong is writing right now. What I thoroughly enjoyed, though. Uh, I, my best effort was, I think, off-air was sole price. On-air, I think I mentioned Byron Lawrence, or someone mentioned Byron Lawrence. But uh, listeners, you absolutely wiped the floor with us with a few of your replies. We had uh, one which was Steve Sardinia, who you think is a player that even Nathan Green didn't know who yes, he was? <laughs> yeah, Like I, th- I think
0: it was Jules or something. Like asked him in the bar after a game, like, oh, like how's um how's, how's Steve Sardinia been doing? And Nathan Green just
1: went, who? <laughs> I-, I had the same reaction. I don't yeah. remember him. I mean,
0: we he he played for Clapton quite recently. I know that. So I was intrigued by that league, uh, that link that a player had made the the step up, or at least. Had planned to make the step up, but he he barely played a cup game, I think.
1: So you know, I don't remember. Put that
0: him in the big forty-four, but I mean, <laughs> um, a little more than that. And, and then well, there were a couple of others, weren't there?
1: Another one, Kingsley Eshin, however yep. you want know how to pronounce it. I can't remember. I can't even remember who he was on loan from someone in the conference. I think he played a game or maybe two. Max. Yeah, around Christmas time. A striker. Yeah, in kind of Joe Benjamin mould. Yeah, he scored, didn't he? I think he scored at Gloucester away, perhaps. Maybe you're right, but um, yeah. And the other one, which might be the best, because I don't think he, oh, he technically didn't play, but he he still wasn't player, right? At some point, it was Dean Conte?
0: Yeah, I, it's one of these ones I may have squeezed onto the pitch at some point, but you know, he was announced as a signing. He's there for a little bit, and then the next thing you you know, he's an answer and pointless. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, thanks for your submissions. You you did better than us. <laughs>
1: Uh, and, beat us our own game yeah and I also this fortnight meant to do it again and ask you guys for your contributions and it got to five o'clock today <laughs> which is Wednesday and uh, I realised I'd totally forgotten so that, if I remember we'll be coming back next time <laughs> so uh, my bad um, but anyway chipping them away yep we had a nice drive down there didn't we <laughs> yeah um, drove down the M4 yep
0: yeah um, It was remarkably simple, wasn't it? I felt like, you know, we were in London one minute, Reading the next, and then in Chippenham. Yeah, it didn't take that long at all. Um,
1: Very close to the motorway, which was handy. Exactly. Um, They have a nice little bar that overlooks the the stadium. Oh Yeah, we we got there and bumped into Dave Wilcox. (laughs) Yeah, for for the second time in two episodes. After not seeing him for five years. Yeah. And uh, he came up to me and had a full pint he said, oh, yeah, you know, go and get a drink. They've, I'm not going to do the accent this way. <laughs> he, sa- he said, go and, go and get a drink. There's, um, they've got Thatcher's Haze on, on tap. I had no idea what that was. Wow, i will like, oh, go and grab myself a pint of that. It sounds like a cloudy Thatcher's. I'm into that. So I grabbed it, and it was fucking delicious. <laughs> Started sipping it. And then he turns around and says, yeah, you're not allowed to drink outside. You can't take your drink by the pitch. It's like, it's just up there, apparently they? the council don't let them so Which,
0: strange, isn't it? I don't really get that. never it's, really quite understood that. No. Like, no. Wh- what, what are we doing in the bar yeah. we can see the
1: pitch from that we
0: can't do pitch
1: side? It was but, a really nice little bar, though. It was. Um, it was like, I can't remember what the league in that area is called. Maybe like the Southern Premier League? Is that what it used to be or something? Mm. But it's basically that level club. It's not really a Conference South setup. up mm. not wanting to do them any disfavours. It's, from it's it. quite a small setup. And yeah. That club bar was quite. Um, it was just nice and cozy. And yeah. Like ramshackle. Do you know what I mean? Like low ceilings and. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I like. I would have happily had quite a
0: long session in there, but yeah. the game was about to start, so we had to finish those pints pretty quickly and head
1: out. Yeah. Um, that's, that stand on the opposite side of the pitch. Also, the pitch is sloped. So was, oh yeah. I, I thought White Hawks pitch was sloped. That's like, is it six or seven foot from one corner diagonally to the opposite? This was about the same, I think.
0: Yeah, someone someone played a game of count how many how many roofs make up the stand opposite the opposite the bar because it's stepped as yeah. it goes down yeah. the hill. it's about <laughs> eight or nine bus shelter roofs going all the way down. Yeah, um, but if you threw a slinky from the top of that, oh yeah, it would have a great time, wouldn't it? All the way to ex- the bottom. That'd be excellent. Uh, but yeah, we we started very much on the front foot. Um, I think had some had a couple of quite good chances with Dan Thompson and Dippo both playing up front. And then we did get a bit of luck in that they had a goal ruled out for offside. That was definitely offside though. Fair play. Yeah. No, no luck involved
1: then. Yeah, yeah. But from that point on, it was all dullard, really wasn't it? It was just another start to a game where I looked at the opposition and was like, and also this is a point to make, Chippenham were 11 or 12 points up the table from us. Yeah. I'm comfortable mid-table for those first 10 or 15 minutes, I was just like, how have they picked up that many points? Yeah, yeah. They didn't even look like a Ryman Prem side, let alone a Conference South side for that first section of the game. They had very little, little about it. them, didn't they? Um, I don't understand. And then also, their most recent result, um, as in recent to this podcast, they won at Dartford. Mm, <laughs> that's a good result. I
0: don't know, maybe just in terms of the performance against us, this is a sign of a team who's hasn't had, had much to play for in recent weeks and knows they're safe, knows they're not going to get playoffs. Someone did
1: make that point, the other day. Actually. Um, but. They were really bad in that opening period of the Yeah, game. they were. And we capitalised on it, didn't we? Yeah, but I think we mentioned it in the last podcast that um, Gav has been urging attacking players to take on their men and get in front of them. Yeah. And put them in positions, put their markers in positions where they might give away a free kick or a penalty. And Niren did that. He got in front of his man. And he did get tripped as he went into the box. It was a penalty.
0: Yeah, I think like what we've what we've learned from this league this season is that if you draw the foul, more often not the referee is going to give it. So if we're taking men on and looking to, you know, take up ground, and they put in a leg, and we go down, yeah. we're probably going to get the foul. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as you say, we we want a penalty. <laughs> Dippo
1: dispatched. How many goals was that for the season when he scored that, do you know? Um was it fifteen or sixteen, I think. Yeah. I actually remember from Bale's commentary, I think it might have been fifteen. Yeah. Um so the run continues. He's
0: comfortably our top goal scorer this season. Yeah. Um I celebrated rather emphatically on on the on the touchline
1: and on the hatches.
0: Yeah. And we within seconds had a st- very over-officious steward in my face. Um, we had some rather. They were livid s- with you. Yeah, they hated me. He um, had some rather glorious uh, sunglasses as well, straight out of the Matrix. around. Yeah, um, but yeah, the stewards did not like us celebrating in the hatched yellow hatched area in front of the in front of the stand. But hey, there's, <laughs> there's going to be sports sports wherever you go.
1: Their keeper, Brad House. Was a great laugh. Yeah, like we had a good one the other week that we mentioned. Alan Julian for Billy Ricky, Brad House. I think he's on loan from West Brom. Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, he, he was good. He was just chatting to us like all game long. Yeah, yeah. He just like taking the piss out of himself, or if he, there was a point in the second half where, I think a shot came through, or maybe a, like something deflected, and he made a really flamboyant like palm away from the six yard box. Yeah, and he yeah. Could have easily caught it, and I think someone shouted to him something like. That was uh, was for the cameras, and he just turned around and was like, yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) He was great value. I really liked him. Uh, But, yeah, after that penalty, it was quite comfortable, I think. I think we, yeah, I can't remember anything. Yeah, I remember
0: it was the first time I'd really seen Connor Hunt play, Uh, and I thought he was very good in that first half, Um, being quite tricky and creative. Yeah. and it's nice to have a natural left footer
1: in the forward areas.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he looks like someone who's made quite a positive start. His, um, his little stint at Dulwich. Yeah. Um, so anything else that half, I think that was pretty much it. So we go. No, on. Not sure,
1: no. Oh, um, Dan Thompson had a chance. I can't remember if it was before or after the penalty, where he got put through on goal when he lifted it on the half volley, tried to lob Brad house from the edge of the box and it drifted just wide. And Dan Thompson had another chance, which I think he might have dragged wide. And that kind of continued into the second half, actually, because he had a big chance in the second half when it was still 1-0. And he, do you remember, he chested down across and it bounced in front of him about six yards oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he just, like, flicked his left boot at it and it just went straight into yeah. hands it's hands. Pretty poor finish. Should have buried that, really. Um yeah, I'm not entirely sure what to make of Dan Thompson yet. He's got some goals in him. Yeah. Um, He just takes a lot of chances to score. Yeah.
0: I quite like him up front with Dippo. I think they offer quite a nice balance. Yeah. Um,
1: But yeah, we'll see. I don't... I'm in no hurry to get rid of him. But, no, uh, he's definitely contributing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that second half, again, was... It wasn't particularly eventful, I don't think. Oh, is that the fridge? It is the fridge. <laughs> i to switch it I knew there was something we forgot to do. We're not even that close to it, so it might not be that bad. Bear with us, listeners. Hugo has uh, taken it upon himself to head over into the uh, bar area of the Dalich Hamlet boardroom. And now I've got to try and fill the time with something interesting. Oh, there we go. That was quick.
0: Oh, what were you worried about? <laughs>
1: um... Gave me the cold shoulder Hey! <laughs> <a> 30 <laughs> seconds.
0: Um, then Cookie came on, didn't he, in the second
1: half? Yeah, Cookie was quite good as well.
0: Yeah. Um, and he took a shot from outside the box, I think, that was parried by your man Bradhouse, and uh, Depot tapped it in on the rebound. Oh, it
1: was. I think it was more than a tap. Like it came to him and he had to really like side, oh, yeah, yeah. side yeah. foot volley. Yeah, It did actually, yeah. It was a really like nicely controlled finish into the roof of the net. Yeah. I remember, I remember standing behind the goal and as that ball came up to him, I remember actually thinking in my head, I'd fucking miss this. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was running onto it at some pace as yeah. well. And he side footed it into the roof of the net, it was really nice. And then that celebration was good. Seriously enjoyed that celebration there by Duncan Palmer. Uh, I can't really describe what it was, can you? This is where we sound really old when he's there doing that. Just like, oh, yeah, just like yeah. S- it's stirring, um, stirring the
0: pot. It's something to do with sauce. like yeah.
1: <laughs> How how old and white do <laughs> sound right
0: now? Um, well, I know Serge Gnabry does a similar celebration. Oh, yeah. And he scored that weekend too. Possibly against Dortmund, actually. Yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but he does a similar celebration and does like a little emoji of like a chef. Stirring some sauce, <laughs> which I guess is like spicy and hot and on fire, all of those metaphors. But anyway, maybe we'll get Dippo on at the end of the season to, uh, to explain that celebration. Yeah. A bit of celebrate—Selly's what I want. But um, yeah, I've noticed Dippo do that a few times this season. and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And uh, so do we, because we were celebrate <laughs> in and around the hatch. Uh, mostly the, in the hatch mostly in the hatch because uh, you're not allowed to stop in the hatch that was one of their requirements oh, yeah, so we moved So netball well, yeah, yeah if you're celebrating and dancing you're fine um, but do you remember that one bouncer who <laughs> Jules, Jules exclaimed at one point like ask me the Sunderland score now and the bouncer like, I say the bouncer the, the st- <laughs>
1: speaking of you need to mention Sophia at some point yeah we'll, we'll get onto that um uh he hated it didn't he? Yeah, he he had a sense of humor failure big time. although looking back i think he i think he was very young like he was like 16 or 17. yeah or maybe 18 i don't know have to, if you have to be a certain age to steward but he was really young he looked like it might have been his first game to be honest he just didn't get it did it? no and i think his dad was a steward as well because there was a guy there's an older guy who looked a bit like punky yeah like yeah he is full of earrings like yeah. big hoops he loved us tattoos he loved he got it, and was like kind of joining in and was, yeah. but was like really close with this younger guy and like almost giving him a pep talk. So I wondered if they were father and son. But it was so good when the younger one walked off and then you look on, obviously he's wearing a high vis jacket, you look on the back and someone stick it him. <laughs> <laughs> and then his dad found it hilarious, yeah. saw it and started laughing. That was really good. Yeah, well,
0: that's the thing, as long as you take it in good humor and there's no. Yeah. Real animosity, which there wasn't. Right.
1: Um, it's fine, um, but then things did actually get a bit hairy on the pitch. The two more big in- incidents in the game after that. So yeah, he scored the second goal with about what ten minutes to go. Yeah, and then two more big, big incidents. The first one was Niren's red card. Mm-hmm. What do you remember of that?
0: So it was their centre back. That's
1: his first ever red card, by the way. Yeah,
0: um, their centre back had been a bit aggy all game, hadn't he? And he was on a yellow, I feel. Just a bastard. Yeah. Classic center yeah. um, He was on a yellow. And I think Nyron had been fouled and then maybe kind of like lashed out a bit and maybe kind of trying to goad this guy on a little bit so that he would get a second yellow. But there was some altercation and Nyron came out
1: with a red card and the guy got nothing. What do you it's, remember it's, of it? It's funny you see it or you remember it like that because... I remember it, there was a coming together, I think just inside the box, and there's a coming together of, of their legs. And I, I've seen penalties like that given before. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and I think it's one of those, like as the players are getting up together, you know, studs are going down into the ground to get up off the ground and like push yourself off. Yeah. And I think there might have been some, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say it. I think basically one of them might have taken umbrage to the other one getting back off the ground like it was a bit more aggro than it was. Yeah. And then they kind of came together as players do and like four heads together. And then I think they came apart, I think they were pulled apart and then Noam really lost it and was kind of exclaiming and arms were like flailing almost and he was just really angry and then yeah the next thing you know the referees like separated them talked to the number five the Chippenham number five mm. giving him a bit of a telling off and then turned to Niren and sent him off
0: yeah it was so it seemed out of nowhere like I thought it would be a booking should have been a booking each really yeah maximum minimum but that would have meant the five would have been off
1: but even then when Niren was walking off him and the five were having a bit more conversation yeah, yeah. and at that point I would have expected the five to be like sorry mate that's ridiculous but he was just goading him more <laughs> I was yeah. like you arsehole yeah <laughs> he was just still winding him up but like you say the first
0: red card of his career yeah. says a lot about his disciplinary record like yeah. you know how many games he played for dulwich like hundreds hundreds yeah, yeah. i think yeah so long 300 long, 400,
2: 400.
0: I can't remember. um you know so and then it was a freak incident as far as yeah. his track record is concerned
1: and then obviously after that with the form that we've been on, particularly away from home, <laughs> yeah. even though we're 2-0 up and there's only less than 10 minutes to go, panic stations, someone tried to clear a long ball, might have been Magnus, tried to head it clear. Magnus or Michael Chambers, I can't remember who. I feel like I should know because it's not really <laughs> fair. But he tried to clear it, tried to head it clear and didn't get a good connection on it. So then it only traveled outside a box about five or 10 yards And then you know what always happens someone wins a scrappy header someone brings it down someone dives in and they go past them and then they're left with preston and it was nick mccutti who finished past preston i was going to say a good story about nick McCootie, but it's not it's more of a very top level anecdote so he he's nick mccutti scored he come on for chippenham about five minutes beforehand he scored and dave wilcox turned to me and just went That's classic Nick McCutty, that is. He'll get you 30 goals a season, easy. (laughs) It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well-known player around here. (laughs) Every club he plays for, just guaranteed goals. I'm not surprised by that. (laughs) Yeah, I've got to say,
0: like, you know, you you wait five years for a Dave Wilcox and then two come along at once. It's, it's been quality having him at the last few games for, for, for those moments. And he's actually coming, he's coming to Western Supermere as well, he's isn't he? He's coming to
1: Wilson on Saturday well, as
0: well. brilliant. There you go. It's not even close to <laughs> um, But no, I was going to say as well, my, my other sort of heart and mouth moment of that last 15 minutes was um, we were all looking up the other end because the ball was down their end. And um, you went, oh, the bell at Laycock, pointing to a, to a sponsor board at the other end, up into that pub. And all of us were just looking at this sign, like trying to spot it, like, oh, where's he? What's he talking about? And then we all saw it. We were staring at it. And suddenly we just heard, Doom, like the sound of the ball hitting the woodwork. And we were like, oh, God, like what's happened now? We we're, <laughs> yeah. were all distracted by the bell at Laycock. Um, <laughs> yeah, would you recommend?
1: It was very nice. It's uh, Lake Ock is a beautiful place as well. Very oldie worldy English countryside village, and the pub is very nice. Nice, well, Try, I'm trying to remember what I ate, but I can't unfortunately. Years ago, it was.
0: Well, next time you're in the area, you already have a recommendation.
1: Yeah, it's not cheap. It will hurt the pocket, but it is worth it. Um, that's probably why they can afford a massive ad board at Chippingham Town. Yeah, but hurt the pocket, but please the taste buds. <laughs> really well
0: we um, will leave a mark on both. <laughs> but, yeah, after that, I mean, we
1: yeah. Thank God we held on. Yeah, we did.
0: Oh, my Christ. Um, it, it was just a typical, like, f- like flip reverse of something seeming so comfortable yeah. to it being hairy and, like, down to the wire. And it was a big sigh of relief at the final whistle rather than, a, oh, that was easy. Yeah. We made it difficult for ourselves. But, um, you know credit to the boys for coming away with that first away win and
1: and it was fully about des- six months really wasn't fully it Fully well. Yeah. Well, yeah yeah we didn't win uh in between the two the clocks changing twice yeah that's a brilliant stat so <laughs> going back and then coming forward again we didn't win
0: yeah stuck in time <laughs>
1: uh yeah a very very welcome away three points absolutely yeah um then yeah, that was that, wasn't it? I suppose if we do this chronologically and a bit of a break from match reports, after that game, you went to Sofia. I did, yes. For? It's slightly linked, listeners, slightly, in terms of subject.
0: So I play for a Sunday league team called the Monstars, Um, slightly well-known in these circles uh, through some of our merchandise and stickers that have been making an appearance in the local area. and every Easter What is the crest? The crest is the nude torso of one of our players, Joe Cummins uh, reclining on his windowsill in the first year of university Um, It's been mistaken for the Loch Ness Monster It's been mistaken for a nude woman Um, but I mean I can tell you categorically that it's very much his body and um, yeah not quite as felt as it used to be but uh, (laughs) it looks good on the badge uh, so yeah, we, we we go somewhere in Europe every Easter and try and arrange a game kind of on the cuff, as it were, off the cuff, ad hoc. Um, we kind of pick a place first and then try and try and find an opposition. So in recent years, we've been to Riga and Latvia and Berno. Last year, we went to Bratislava and this year we went to Sofia. And we played a three-way tournament on Saturday um, against a team called Sofia Nomads and another team of Ukrainian expats in Bulgaria. And the previous night probably bears some discussion because we'd all been out in the town and ended up at a bar that we were quite swiftly kicked out of. And at that point, we all kind of started doing various different things and I'd heard about this techno night that I really wanted to go to. So a few of us went off and we end up on kind of the edge of the city, like climbing up this stairs of a fairly deserted looking warehouse. Suddenly there's a guy who's like, oh yeah, you know, this much to get in, we go in. Standing in a room is just like some DJ on their laptop, people standing around swaying. At This point of the night, we're all so ready to dance. Like that's, you know, if we don't want people standing, we want people dancing. <laughs> But, you know, we buy a beer and kind of bide our time a little bit. One of the boys goes to try and find the toilet, comes back a few minutes later and he's like, guys, I think you should really come upstairs with me. So, like, all right. So we go up two more stairs of this big warehouse. The whole of this floor is devoted to a skate park. There's a shisha bar and a bar bar. And <laughs> the, the DJ is playing, Kylie Minogue Can't get out of my head. And we're just all sort of like, yeah, you know, if, if someone could have catered a night, a night entirely to our taste, this would exactly be it.
1: I wonder what those skateboard photos are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Worst thing for the first half of the night, there weren't even any skateboards there. But when, when they appeared, they were a dangerous but fun addition to the night. Um, I remember also um, Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams being played, wow. which is a, a bit of a banger, if yeah. I could say so myself. Um, but yeah, that was the night before. Yeah. The next day was a bit, uh, bit of a struggle in the tournament. Uh, remarkably, we won the first game three 0 Nice. And then we had a breather. We started to get quite cocky, and during the time we were watching the other game being played, we were working out like, oh, you know, ha- like what result do we need to get to win it? Like how many, how many goals do we need to score to guarantee we win it? And bear in mind, we'd also paid for a trophy to be made and inscribed and shipped over to Sofia, especially for the tournament. The, the other teams didn't care, like they hadn't put in a penny to this trophy. But uh, yeah, then we, we turned out for the third game and uh, lost 1-0. Wait, what happened in the second game? The second game, so there's only three, well, there were only three teams. Oh, sorry. So yeah. So we lost in the second game. We lost the second game, which meant the trophy that we would paid for remains in Bulgaria. But, uh, you know, that's the way. So the trophy remains,
1: but the memories...
0: The memories live out. on, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it'll probably remain there forevermore because we will never go back. <laughs> but the reason why this is relevant and in a long roundabout way is it meant I missed the, uh, the Hungerford game on, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and I've literally just remembered that I've cut together Bale's audio from DHFC TV from that game. And I also did that with Chippenham, but... I forgot, so we've gone past that listeners, <laughs> uh, but for the Hungerford game, and it's a bit more fun, there's a few more goals, the goals better, so uh, without further ado, listen to Tom Bale's coverage, or the best bits of, uh, the Hungerford win, most recently, we'll be back in a second.
2: Chips find the halfway line where Maskell's waiting, sends it back for Jamie Maskell, Michael Chambers run after it, onside, Chambers across goal towards Thompson, 1-0, the goal's been coming and it's Dan Thompson who provides it. Perfectly uh, weighted pass across the area by Michael Chambers and Thompson buries it from close range. About 25 yards out, five men in the wall. It is Cook, it's brilliant, oh it's sensational from Anthony Cook. His first goal at Champion Hill, he's been waiting a long time for it, it's sublime from him. Over the wall, into the top corner, nothing that Michael Loyambula could do about that right out of the top draw from Anthony Cook. Cook turns his man, supported by Hunt. They work across, not at the moment, Cook. Hunt again, lovely foot from Dulwich, Hunt with a shot. Oh, it's gone through Loyambula. Connor Hunt has his first Dulwich goal as well. Should have been saved by Michael Loyambula. It's a bad mistake from the keeper, but the sexy football on display from Dulwich in the build-up, something to behold. Shot coming from distance. Nick Fulgert, Pitetta, and they do score. A shot came from distance, it was blocked by Lynch, uh, fell to Ekberteta who sorted his feet out and converts and Hungerford have been the better side since the break. It gives them something to work with.
0: So that sounded exciting. What was it like to be there, Ben?
1: Uh, it was really good. Uh, we decided to pitch up in Toffons for the first time in a while. Just seemed right, I don't know why. Uh, so put the banners up behind the goal um chilled out there for a bit during shooting drills which i kind of really enjoy uh they were really good at shooting in the warm-up <laughs> like hitting the side netting every time and um, really nice finishes uh, anyway we move around to ons. and the weather start with the most important thing the weather was uh it very changeable to begin with it was quite overcast and a bit spitty and it became a glorious sun vista and it was really nice and to be stood opposite the main stand and see the dhfc letters in the sunshine was really nice um and on the pitch similar to the chippenham game the first period of the game you just stood there thinking how the fuck have you not been relegated already like they they are in the relegation zone so naturally they're probably not going to be as good as chippenham they're probably on about the same level like in terms of simple things like being able to keep the ball like being able to keep possession and just quickness of thought and technical skill just wasn't anywhere near dulwich's level even in the first few minutes and so it's another game where you're just thinking this league does not make any sense and you're thinking of back across the whole season how many of the individual errors that we've made at key points in games have meant that we haven't picked up the points that the team deserves. And I'm beginning to think now that if those, if we cut out 50% of those mistakes, we'd have been comfortably mid-table. Like, yeah. cut, like comfortably. And it's, it started to really like show itself to me in the last couple of weeks with the Chippenham game and the Hungerford game. Because the teams that we're playing against, they're, they're like, I wouldn't be surprised if they played Dorking who have just won the Bostick Premier if they played Dorking Dorking would easily beat them like 2-3-0 the quality the standard really isn't that high um, maybe even the Monsorts could have a go depends where you go the night before <laughs> <laughs> if you're all in bed by 8 I reckon, we, I, reckon we'd, I reckon we'd
0: have a good chance against the Truro team that have
1: been at the Gold Cup <laughs> it's about our level <laughs> um yeah, it was just another game where I just stood there wondering how they picked up enough points to not be adrift at the bottom of the league, basically. Especially when Western, we played Western a few months ago, who are adrift—not by much, but they are. And Western were really good. Like Western's, Western's like front two or three were really, really good. Was that three-three then? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. looked really handy. Yeah. So I just, I, I just don't really understand the league, to be honest. I think. Um, maybe more than ever consistency of players is key like turning up every week and turning it on every week yeah. it's probably highlighted more at this level than it was at the level below maybe I don't know um, yeah I'm not really sure what do you think?
0: Um, no I think you're right and I think I think back to the era when we were still playing at Tooting um, and a number of those games where there were just really frustrating errors that could have been avoided I don't I don't know how you, like what do you need to work on in training to make sure that they don't happen in game situations? I guess that's a, something that coaches have been trying to ask for over a century. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's just the, the mental side of the game. Yeah. The most skill involved. Is yeah, there? Um, But I guess it's things like familiarity of where you are, familiarity of the other players around you, communicating, um, confidence, form, all these things like play a part, I guess, in not making those mistakes. But I no, I totally agree with you that we, we, a lot of the sides we play do look quite average and don't have much about them. And I think it's the only teams that have really like impressed me have been the ones that are quite established and stable and obviously have like a, quite a solid structure in place. I'm gonna say teams like Bath and obviously Torquay. Anyone else spring to mind for you who's like
1: really impressed you this season? Honestly, no. Like St. Albans was solid, but we played so badly in that away game that they weren't ever really tested. mm. And we beat them at home. Oh yeah, I, no. (laughs) Like Billy Rickey were relatively good. Mm. As you'd expect, we beat Woking away, and they're yeah they're here on Easter Monday. Yeah, but yeah. Apart from Bath and Torquay, I'm really struggling. Yeah,
0: I mean, obviously, like we we can't watch every game in this league, yeah, and yeah. even even if you were to watch more highlights than we do, <laughs> it would be hard to know like who are the consistent performers, but. Beyond Torquay, there's no sides that I think are like necessarily even ready to go up to the conference. Like
1: Yeah. Don't know. Anyway, I feel like we've sidetracked a bit. The um the Hunger for Game Dipo, unfortunately, uh missed two very easy chances before we did score the first goal. Mm. Which the whole Dipo thing probably needs another conversation. <laughs> <about it>. But <laughs> maybe in a forthcoming episode. Just to say that he sc- he'd he scored twice at Chippenham and then had two very easy chances in the first 15 minutes of this game and he missed both of them pretty badly. One of them was a side foot volley from, it could have been no more than eight yards that went about five yards wide. It was yeah. really bad.
0: Well, that's what you're saying about the the second
1: goal at Chippenham. Like that was such a yeah. precise finish. Like That was, that, that, finish was much harder than the one he missed here at Hungerford. And then he, he put a header wide. And then quite shortly after that, I think we had a corner, I think Connor Hunt swung a corner into the box. It was cleared and then there was a second phase of play and Maskell, Jeremy Maskell got it on the halfway line, essentially just kind of half left foot, half volley, clipped it down the line in, in hope really, just to get it back into a dangerous area. And none other than Michael Chambers made a beeline for it, who'd stayed up from the corner, made a beeline for it. And uh, as he ran onto it, it was bouncing and he was about just outside the area on the left-hand side, like running towards the goal line. And he looked up and running through in the middle was Dan Thompson unmarked. And it was a left foot half volley and he just played it perfectly into his path. It reminded me of like a ball that Riyad Mahrez would play. Like for City when they're attacking down the wings and they play it low and hard, you know what I mean? Yeah, to yeah. The back post, it was like that, and Dan Thompson ran onto it and side-footed it into the back of the net. It was a really, really nice goal. Good to see Dan Thompson score, um, and it was fully deserved. Like that was only maybe fifteen or twenty minutes in, and it had been coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now having watched the highlights, like there were a lot of chances before that goal.
1: Yeah. Even
0: went in. Yeah. So looked like we were well on top.
1: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we just, that gave us more confidence and we started moving the ball around quite nicely. Ariane Takbash was really key in centre mid. He was really getting around, not only winding players up, but winning the ball back and playing simple passes. He's, he's a really good communicator as well. So stood in Toffons on the halfway line. You really appreciate, one, how much ground he covers, two, how communicative he is. Like he was constantly talking Maskell through the game. And, and communicating with Fergie as well, who was playing slightly advanced of him in the centre of the pitch. He was really impressive in that opening spell. Um, And then, yeah, I think it was... I can't remember who got taken down 25 yards out. It might have been Cookie himself. I think it was Cookie. Because Cookie had come in for Nyron, who was suspended because of the red card at Chippenham. This also, by the way, I think was Cookie's best game for Dulwich. He was quality um, in his preferred position of right wing. He got brought down about 25 yards out. And for a second, we thought it might be Jamie Maskell on the free kick. On the ones and twos. (laughs) Turned out that it was Cook, as he likes to refer to himself. Man takes penalty (laughs) kick. Man takes free kicks like Cook. He stepped up and swept that ball into the the goalkeeper's top left-hand corner. Um, And I wasn't even that surprised because I've seen... Footage online of him doing that for Ebbsfleet, yeah, a couple of times at yeah. least. So I wasn't very surprised when it went in. It's a hell of a free kick, and um, it's not you know it's nothing different to any other free kick that's curled over the wall into the top corner like you've seen it all a thousand times. But it's really nicely hit, and really glad to see him score as well. Yeah, well, first I mean, goal at home.
0: Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I mean, and we've we've been missing a a free kick specialist since Ash left, honestly. Yeah. So. You're right, I mean, this is, it's interesting you say this is his best game because I don't know, personally, I've been waiting for his best game all season because it was such an exciting signing and like, he's obviously a good character and has all this stuff in his locker. So I think just refining this form, working out his his position in this team is is good to see because we're going to need that if this team is going to kick on next season.
1: Yeah, he was really good. And he seemed to have a good understanding with um, Connor Hunt as well. I yes, think oh, that cunt's f- goal. Whose goal? <laughs> 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 I, f- <laughs> I feel like they're kind of both, they're both players that have, like, the innate natural confidence to just take players on. Like, no yeah. matter if they're confident or unconfident, they will still do it. Like, it's just natural. And I feel like maybe some other players in the team don't have that. Like if they're not feeling confident, they might not. But both of them, the first thing they think is, can I beat my man? What kind of progress can I make up the pitch? And Connor Hunt got the ball on the right wing. Cookie had moved inside slightly, around the edge of the box. So this is now, Cook's free kick was like half an hour in, 35 minutes, so it's two nil then. A two, by the way two goal margin for Dulwich at that point of the game it was like party time <laughs> Sun had come out 2-0 up still on top of the game 10 minutes go to half time this is joyful and then Conahan got the ball laid it into Kirk who then kind of Croy flicked it back into Conahan's path as he made his way into the box
0: that's the thing is, it wasn't just a back heel it was like a through ball
1: yeah 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 yeah. yeah. travelled five or six yards before it yeah. got back to Hunt and then uh he took a touch inside the box probably about i don't know 10 or 12 yards out on the angle and shanked the finish but i think the fact that he shanked it confused the goalkeeper because i think he was expecting a finish into the far low corner and he he shanked the finish and it just kind of went under the keeper's leg and even tom Bailey in commentary i think said what was it something like Oh, it's gone through the keeper's legs. <laughs> like, <laughs> as he said it, he, you could almost hear like the empathy in his voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a really poor error, and even Conor Hunt's celebration was quite. He was quite bashful. Yeah, yeah, he
0: he like yeah. I remember <laughs> noting that like the, the other players were celebrating quite a lot, yeah. and he was just like oh, no. Nah. Yeah. Like
2: <laughs>
1: that was like a couple of years ago when we played Harrow Borough here, and their keeper got sent off. Do you remember that game? Mm. Dean Scannell scored from near the halfway line. Yeah. Half volley from near the halfway line. I think this is after their midfielder had, had to go in goal. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Was it Lewis Driver? That's really testing my my memory now. <laughs> I think it was their midfielder, Lewis Driver, went in goal. And then I think Jacob Erskine came on for the final ten minutes. We were already 4 0 up, I think. I remember Jacob Erskine getting the ball just inside the box. Turning. He's never been the most mobile player, Jacob Erskine. He caught the ball and turned and then really, really <laughs> scuffed a finish towards the keeper. And it like Lewis Driver, the midfielder. And it just went like really slowly through his legs. And I, and I remember Jacob Erskine just like stood there and just like threw his hand in front of him and was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then just like walked back to the halfway line. <laughs> it was similar to that. <laughs> Almost like... Just didn't want to celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have a bit of decorum on you in yeah. situations. <laughs> yeah, <if> Your fellow <laughs> fellow player. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh three and a half at half time, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was
0: absolutely party time. Um or just relief, maybe. Anything of note in the
1: second half? Obviously we conceded. Like I was just saying to Jack McEnroy, senior, just total non event. Like we just stopped playing. And it like I suppose you can't really begrudge them that after, like the few months they've had, really struggling with results, like mentally, to then be three a up after half an hour and know that you're clearly superior, to keep going for yeah. it and, like, <clears throat> keep going for the jugular, after you've been really scrapping for months. I'm not surprised. Like we took our foot off the gas, or maybe just lost concentration. Actually, I don't know if it was an active attempt to stop playing. I think we just lost. Mm. Yeah, yeah I us. mean, we've never, we've
0: never, knowledge never struck me as a team that are capable of like shutting
1: up shop. No, like, Not it, in the time I've been coming. Yeah, never. like
0: it's just not really what we do. So I think, yeah, it's probably not necessarily losing concentration. It's probably just being quite comfortable and like, you know, not really knowing
1: what to do in that situation. Not really having a plan B. Yeah, because, like, you know, when have we been three up this season? like on Provo and you used to like <laughs> just take it one notch back to get, <laughs> a bit more defensive <laughs> keep it in the corner yeah. 45 minutes just drop 10 yards back down the pitch and um, and then yeah I think it was in the 81st or 82nd minute Hungerford got a really scrappy goal as they tend to be against us like ball wasn't clear properly inside the box after a set piece and someone buried it past Preston that was it but it, like then it was three-1, but Hungerford had been had, Ungerf- had Hungerford. Hungerford had offered so little for most of the game that no one was that worried. Yeah. Like usually, if that happens, even if it's three-1, like if that happened and it was Billy Ricky, mm. or if it was Woking or Torquay, we were three-1 up and that happened. Like there'd be a noticeable mood change in the crowd, but no one really cared. <laughs> I don't think Hungerford was dead and buried. so it didn't really affect much. Another big crowd as well. 2,800. Yeah, it's great. Huge. Um, Keeps up our average attendance since we came back. Uh, Yeah, that's it, really. That's the for game. Pretty much done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah. Oh, I spotted Dean Lodge afterwards. Oh, yeah. Dean Lodge was knocking around. Uh, So, Eggham didn't have a game then? (laughs) Apparently not. Sat in the stand after the game. I'm not sure who he was here with. Just himself and his headphones. <laughs> so it was nice to see him. I don't think I saw any other old players. I think that was about it. <coughs> but yeah, that was a very welcome three points. Because um, I think pretty much all the teams below us dropped points as well. Yeah.
0: I mean, we, we, we were talking at the start of the episode about how that uh, Truro-Concord result sort of sealed um, what seemed inevitable anyway so it was nice to do it with a win on Saturday yeah because big win convincing yeah and um, you know now let's we got two pretty hard games coming up Wieldston and Woking away three W's in a row yep Wieldston and Woking Western um, well is it going to be three W's for Dulwich though that's the question that's wins if you're not familiar yeah Probably not, is my answer, if we're kind of moving into a preview section of the pod.
1: Yeah, might as well. I think I'd be happy with, who is it again? Yeah, I'd be happy with four points.
0: Yeah, I think four is realistic. I think I could see us getting a draw away at Wealdstone. I could see us getting a draw at home with Woking, actually. Because it feels like they've dropped a bit of momentum. They obviously can't win the title anymore they'll wanna shore up that second place. Yeah.
1: But, pfft. I think the Western game, to me, they're not down yet, are they? Not by any stretch of the imagination, or are they? Probably should have checked this. Mm.
0: I mean, they are bottom, I know that much. But
1: either way, I think, I think that game against Western has the potential to be one of those classic end of season 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, six four. Do you know what I mean?
0: Wasn't there? A, what was that United game one season?
1: Like? It's West Brom. Yeah, Fergie's last ever game. Yeah, what was five five? Was that five five? Was that what you were alluding to? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But there was also when Middlesbrough beat City eight nil.
0: Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, and that
1: was when City had a bit of money injected.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Sven was manager of
1: fucking hell. Of City last last day results yeah. are yeah. beautiful. Exactly. Um, I think that might I think that might happen. I think like Dipper might get a hat trick or something.
0: Also, I think I'm right in saying about Western is aren't they the team that's been in a division the longest ever out of like any club? No idea. Like they have always been in this division like throughout their existence. They've mm. never been promoted and never been relegated, and it almost certainly looks like they will be relegated.
1: That's mad.
0: Yeah. Um, which is a shame, yeah. but I mean they don't really. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: That's incredible if that's true. Huge if true. Huge if if true. We should should confirm. Yeah, I'll have a look. Yeah. Oh, speaking of confirming things, uh, I've just remembered those stats that Tom Bale got up about Magnus. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it would be remiss of me to finish this podcast uh, without talking about the importance of Magnus You can say his surname a lot better than I can. How do you say it? Okungwai? Okungwai.
0: I mean, I've I've said something there. I don't know if it's correct, but...
1: It sounds right, if I'm honest. Uh, He's been doing all of his bloody permutation tweets. (laughs) There's, There's hundreds of them. Oh, my God, Bale. Come on, where is it? Essentially, Magnus is incredibly important to Dulwich Hamlet. It's interesting um,
0: that, isn't it? Because I feel at the start of the season, he copped a bit of flack
1: From me as well. like Yeah, he, he looked, on this very podcast. He looked totally out of his depth. Yeah. weird considering he's played so much in the football league. Yeah. But yeah, I've just reminded him to, to do this as well because Cookie had his best game against Hungerford and I think Magnus against Hungerford was massive. He was amazing. And these are the stats from Tom Bale. So when Magnus starts, Dulwich is... Points per game are 1.26, and when he doesn't start, there's 0.87. When he starts, the win percentage is 30%, and when he doesn't start, it's 26%. And he was just absolutely huge against Hungerford. Uh, So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that basically, and also shout out Tom Bale for being an incredible. Stats man, absolutely yeah. We've really <clears throat> we've really enjoyed uh,
0: his contributions to the podcast, um, both vocally on the commentary and in uh, getting these stats to us. He's always so quick to reply to my requests for strange little quirks of the season and for more straightforward ones, but they're far beyond my comprehension. But um, we've been trying to get him on, haven't we? Perhaps perhaps he'll make an appearance.
1: I'm thinking, yeah, probably early next season we'll have Tom Baird on yeah. maybe a little stats corner something
0: like that that'd be good it'd be far more interesting than me just reading out whatsapp messages um, just to confirm while I have it in front of me um, there was an article on The Guardian uh, from earlier this month Mayor of a season Western need a miracle to avoid first ever relegation they were formed in 1887 but Western Super Mario FC's proud record of never being demoted looks certain to end wow uh-huh. So
1: there you go. That's incredible. Um, so we could hammer the nail into the coffin on the last day of the season if they make it to the last day without having gone down already. Yeah, um, could be in our hands. The Undertakers. What was that? Something about history and Dulwich being the executioner. Oh, what was that was um, like back in the early days of the yeah. What was that? About, I can't remember what it was, We're going to need to tip that <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a quick 60-second preview about the next two games. Um, it is Wiltshire on Saturday. Yep. So we haven't been there for uh, at least three years, maybe four years, when we were both in the Ryman Premier League, Premier Division. Uh, just about it, really yeah they're quite a long way up the table i think they're pushing for playoffs aren't they or maybe like solidly mid-table again we probably should have looked this up but it's quite a tough game
0: yeah um <coughs> Card the away day if yeah anyone's thinking of making it yeah um i'll but be there doesn't even matter because we're safe so yeah who cares <laughs> <laughs> but we went well we, we remembered that to win away
1: so yeah. um and then working on monday yeah working will be wanting to cement second place as you said we beat them 2-1 back in the autumn yeah a long time ago yeah when we sat way up in the in the clouds <laughs> watching the game um, oh who scored who scored that winning goal for us he would have been a good for oh he would have been a great one oh fuck listeners if you can remember <laughs> who scored that second goal the winning goal at Woking can you let us know I, I mean I can just look it up after this so you don't have to but if you're listening right now oh. just tweet us anyway
0: I I can picture the goal. I can see
1: the goal really easily. I just and I can see the man, but I, yeah. Let us know. Um, So yeah, working will be a tough game on Monday, but again, we're safe. (laughs) So who fucking cares? (laughs) Uh, Anything else from you, Hugo? If we're going to
0: move into AOB, I've got a couple of things I'd like to say. Yeah. Uh, Firstly, um, as some of you may know, uh, this podcast is part of the Holdfast Network. Uh, which is set up by Jack McEnroy Jr. and Steve Walsh, who host the South London Hardcore podcast. A couple of things to do with our fa- founders and benefactors, those those two lucky lads. They are back with a new episode of South London Hardcore uh, for the first time in a while. It's one of their musical episodes where they go through a number of tracks uh, from artists who have a connection to South London. Uh, so they're back with one of those, uh, I had a listen this morning and it's, uh, it's a good listen, so check that out, subscribe. Also, uh, Jack has just finished a web episode uh, of a new show that he's written and directed called Gloss. Um, I also watched that this morning, it's on YouTube, and Vimeo, and all those sort of likely destinations where you'd probably find it, but it's a sort of short film, black comedy, um, that I think, I described it as quintessentially South London to Jack. He was surprised that I said that, but I mean, you know, why don't you watch it and make make your mind up for yourself? Um, So yeah, those
1: are just my my parish notices that I wanted to cover off. So South London Hardcore is back, and Gloss. Yeah. So check them out. Anything from you, mate? Um, There was something, and now obviously I've totally forgotten. Um, merch yeah merch so basically listeners as you know we've updated the (laughs) I'm going to call it the club shop uh, online uh, with some t-shirts etc and some dog bandanas of which we've sold 8 Yes. we've sold 7 Ashkaroo Mia t-shirts so we are slowly creeping towards a figure which means we can actually afford some proper recording equipment so we don't have to sit here and lean into a laptop and hope hope that the really shit built-in mic picks us up properly. Uh, So we we want to purchase an interface and two mics, um, which will mean that uh, you can actually hear us when you're on the tube on the way to work, instead of having to wait until you're walking when you're off the tube, which I remember having to do when I used to commute into the city. Um, So yeah, that's why uh, I'm pushing it again. Check out the range on the For The Hamlet Spreadshirt shop. Uh, the various T-shirt designs, which are all available for under £20. There's a nice sweatshirt, which I think is about £30. It's all pretty standard prices. And as mentioned, all the profits that we make go towards new stuff for the podcast, whether that be recording equipment or sponsorship of players or whatever. So check it out. There's some nice birthday presents on there. Definitely. Yeah. And can I just say, if
0: you're the owner of any of these T-shirts or the owner of any of these dogs, we'd love to see a picture of you wearing them, probably Love to see a picture of your dog wearing the bandana even more, because um, I don't really know what they look like on a dog yet. Um, so yeah, please send us send us your your snaps because we'd love to see them.
1: Make sure you're wearing other clothing items as well though, not just a shirt Oh yeah. T-shirt. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, we'll leave that up to you. <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a Champions League night, Hugo. Uh, so <coughs> should we do some predictions? Go on then. So it's Spurs City. Spurs from the first leg, it's at the Etihad. Your score prediction is? Um, 3-1 City. So City would go through 3-2. Interesting. And the other is Porto-Liverpool, which is 2-0 Liverpool from the first leg. It's in Porto. Score prediction? I think
0: 1-1. Liverpool to go through fairly comfortably can't really
1: see Porto turning that around but just go through second gear and get through yeah how about you fair uh, I'm gonna say that Spurs are gonna beat City So really? I wanna see Spurs against Ajax that'd be a good game Christian Eriksen Derby <laughs> Jan Vertonghen. Uh yeah I'm gonna say that they're gonna draw 1-1 so it's gonna be 2-1 Spurs on aggregate and I'm gonna say Liverpool will beat Porto 2-0 so I've in because Porto are nowhere near Liverpool. Yeah. Well, you may be able
0: to hear a slight hubbub in the background. It sounds like people are starting to come into the bar for a celebratory drink. We are staying up. Um, so we're going to go and join them. It's goodbye from me. It's, and it's goodbye from nice me. Goodbye. Played, out and played like swaggering dandies, is the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger. About 25 yards Get in Swaggering dandy An absolute Humdinger Swaggering dandy